In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. You are watching Cable 10, Aurora, Illinois, Community Access Channel. My name is Wayne Campbell. I live in Aurora, Illinois, which is a suburb of Chicago. Excellent. I've had plenty of Joe jobs. Nothing I'd call a career. Let me put it this way. I have an extensive collection of name tags and hairnets. Okay, I still live with my parents, which I admit is both bogus and sad. But at least I've got an amazing cable access show. And I still know how to party. But what I'd really love is to do Wayne's World for a living. It might happen. Yeah, and monkeys might fly out of my butt. Ah, the Mirthmobile. Penelope Spheris is a wonderfully talented director whose filmography includes Decline of the Western Civilization, Suburbia, Black Sheep, and the iconic Wayne's World, which comes out February 1st on Blu-ray Steelbook, celebrating its 30th anniversary. Penelope, thank you for your kindness for being on the show. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, well, thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it, Derek. Yeah, so I want to kind of just, I think with all guests, it's really important to, like, paint a backdrop, right, so people have an idea, especially yours, because I feel like your life growing up is certainly an immense part of who you've grown to be professionally, personally, um, I know that um, the, a carnival is a big part of your life. I know there's some early childhood trauma. You know, I know dad's killed in Alabama early on when you were seven. Talk about your early life, Penelope. And I know you've said this countless times in interviews, so just say whatever you're comfortable with. Um, talk about your early life and how that really plays into kind of who you are or who you were growing up. Well, uh, thank you for asking that. I am making a movie about my mom who ran away with the carnival when she was 19. Um, and yes, you are correct. She, um, carnival guy that got murdered when I was seven years old. Um, you know, I think when something like that happens to you at an early age, when you don't have the sophisticated, um, ability to uh, understand and comprehend it, but it, it really affects you your whole life. And I think having had that happen to me made me want to excel in the world. And I, I know that sounds like a weird dynamic, but it made me want to prove to the world that I was a good person no matter what happened, you know, back then. I can do well in the world. So uh, one of my favorite sayings is you never know if something's bad or good until some time has passed. And I, my uh, difficult uh, childhood uh, kind of turned in 
uh, just trying harder. Yeah, and, and, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that comes with that. You're the oldest of four. Many times you're watching your siblings. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of struggle involved, and I love how you phrase that. But, you know, also as you're making your way through life, you know, you, you take a, a variety of uh, waitressing jobs, put yourself through film school, another impressive feat, uh, UCLA nonetheless, MFA in theater arts. So another big part of your life, right? Anything you learn early on that fuels that part? Because that's tough. Never mind, Film school alone, I have to imagine, Penelope, is tough enough. Never mind putting yourself through it with, with multiple jobs, correct? Yeah, I was working as a waitress at uh, Denny's and IHOP and I even took a job working in a strip club, not as a stripper, right? but as a, um, a waitress. And uh, <laughs> I quit because it was so creepy. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I mean, I, I always, I never thought, oh, I'm going to be a successful film director. I never thought, oh, I'm going to make a bunch of money. I never thought that. And those two things were never really my goal. No, um, very, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I just. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just, I just, I just watched the signs in the road. I like to say, um, and listened to people and picked up on little suggestions here and there. And no, I, I, I guess I made some correct decisions along the way because people watching Wayne's World, and I'm not starving to death, and I'm able to help all my <laughs> friends and family. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, and you know, you've often said you feel like you've had two careers—one in movies, one in music—and you know, we mentioned your your wonderful uh, documentary, "The Decline of the Western Civilization." What a iconic one at that! Um, you know, you combine your work with music and your your work with movies, and we arrive. You know, in, in a, there's there's much more that happens, but we arrive at Wayne's World. Um, that it's released on February 14th, 1992. And, and again, by the time you get to Wayne's World, you have done a lot in your career. You've done a lot with your filmography. You know, it's not, you're, you don't arrive with Wayne's World. You arrived long before that, right? So when you have the opportunity, when, when it all unfolds, um, how does it feel when you when you get the um, the opportunity? Because wh- where do you f- meet Lorne Michaels? Is that happen, where does that happen in your, in your life, uh, Penelope? Well, I'm going to say it was, I was thinking about that last night. I was, I'm going to say it was around 70 or three. And I was staying with some friends down at the beach, uh, Topanga beach. And, um, I had a old daughter at that point and, uh, I was, was making breakfast for every, uh, I was making an omelet for Lorne, and he was sitting at the table reading the newspaper. He looked over at me, and he goes, you know, I think I'm going to go to New York and start a, a live comedy show, maybe even on Saturday night. Or and that, that was the first time I ever heard of SNL. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to go to New York with him when we got the show going but I didn't want to because I had the young daughter and they decided I would um, stay in Los Angeles and he said well if you stay here would you mind helping me if I need any work done out here and I 
And so that's when I got involved with Saturday Night Live and shooting uh, Albert Brooks movies and everything. And said, I got this really funny guy, <laughs> and uh, he uh, he doesn't want to be a player on the show, but he wants to have his own. <laughs> Lauren talks so funny. <laughs> he, he wants to have his own movies on the on the show, and I said, Well, I want to have my own movies on the show too. He goes, Well, tough shit, and I'll be. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he goes, Just teach just teach Albert how to make a movie. <laughs> okay, I did that, <laughs> and then Albert was. Cool enough to hire me as the producer on his first feature. And he was such a pain in the ass, to be honest with you, that I uh, decided I didn't want to be a producer. I wanted to be a director. That's what I decided is working with <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and for those listening, you were Judd Apatow years before he arrived on the scene. I mean, you were that person uh, and still are. Uh, your background, your vision, your experience, you're the perfect and only person capable of directing Wayne's World and having rewatched it numerous times. Uh, this movie never looks dated. It never looks old. I have to say, Penelope, comedies today, I, I will probably laugh two or three times, maybe during, maybe four. I know. Right. Wayne's World, I think it's probably in excess of 150 times, if not more. I know. Isn't that crazy? I mean, well, I don't, I don't want to put down, you know, current comedic, film director, comedy film directors. But then again, I do. (laughs) Because they're not as funny, in my opinion, as as it used to be. And I keep thinking, wait a minute, has humor changed? What happened, you know? Yeah. Uh, I just, I don't get, I don't even watch them, to be honest. I don't watch current day comedy. And there's none to really watch, because I can't, like, if you had me list, and this is not a shot at anybody, but if you had me list five that I saw in recent memory that are really good, it would be, it would have a, I'd have a tough time, um, you know, doing that. But you know, I love the way Wayne's World is shot. It's a semi-documentary style. Um, it's the for those listening, the most successful SNL adaptation ever. Uh, second, um, second is like Blues Brothers, but it's it's far and away. Right. Uh, and before we talk a little bit about the movie, I did want to say rest in peace to Meatloaf, uh, Marvin Lee eighty. Um, just oh a, my just, gosh. just a big loss, huh, Penelope? Oh my gosh, yes, and 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 way sooner than than it should have been, you know. But I I tell you something. I always say the good ones go first. I tell you, mm-hmm. um, he was such a sweetheart, and uh, I was very thankful that he agreed to do that little tiny part in Wayne's World. <laughs> uh, he was a friend of mine in the clubs. We used to always hang out. Uh, Back in the '80s, you know. Yeah, and another another great scene. Talk about scene that he's in. Another laughable moment is when he's telling Wayne, you know, who's playing for cover bands, and they said one of the bands is the Shitty Beatles. Shitty Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's I think Mike. I think Mike came up with that one. Yeah, that's it's just such like I said, and I'm not trying to patronize you. It's legitimately like there's just it's just one laugh after another after another. So let me ask you, uh, there's something really beautiful about Garth and Wayne, their honesty, their innocence. What do you think it is that people gravitate to even 30? I can't believe I'm saying the name, saying the number 30 right now at you. Right. So 30 years later, we're, lo- we're looking at this absolutely iconic movie. I mean, it is by far the, the best movie comedy to come out of the 90s. There's no question. But what is it that? Oh pe- well, thank you. Yeah, what is it that people see in these two? You think Penelope? That obviously it's a team effort. There's a lot more involved than just you know Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. But 
What is it about the the, the, the gentle nature of their rapport, the innocence? What What is it? Well, you know, that's a complicated question, but I believe, I believe that it has to do with the fact that today, 30 years later, life is so much more complicated and stressful. If you watch Wayne's World, you can get your head wrapped around life being exuberant and joyful and fun, you know? And, and, and I think that's what happens is people watch it even now and, and, and go back to those carefree days. It's, you know, when, when you're younger, you, you really don't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders, mm-hmm. you know? And, and Wayne and Garth, um, even if they had problems, they made a joke out of it, you know? And, and they, they had, they had all the right intentions. They were just, they were great characters, you know, and you really got to give Mike and Dana credit for creating those characters because they were the embodiment of, of just like the, the, the joy of life, you know, yeah. and watch that now and, uh, and, and they feel good again. And, but I think the thing about it that makes it, it so uh, lasting is uh, the fact that also these guys, Wayne and Garth, were just really happy being average guys, you know, just being gay guys, and and, and that's okay. Uh, and people watch it and go, okay, well, it's okay to just be an average dude, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take joy in the little things, absolutely. Um, but another great um, mark of a great movie and comedy is how quotable it is, right? From anything from like Schwing to That's What She Said, As If, Not. Like all the lingo that we now use came from this movie. And that's the that's another ultimate sign um, of a movie's impact yeah. on society, I feel like. Yeah, I do too. I mean, I, I, it was pretty astounding when I heard Barack Obama say, no way. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, dude, the president's talking like Wayne. <laughs> you, you know, in a wonderful cast, right, in a wonderful cast, when I was rewatching it multiple times this weekend, knowing I was going to speak with you, I, I really feel like I missed it, you know, because I watch this movie routinely, but I really forgot how wonderful Laura Flynn Boyle was. Like, she was so oh, good. Yeah. Oh. You know, and, and it's yeah, like one of those things that when you rewatch it, then you then you really figure out, wow, this this is a pretty, this is, this is just, the whole cast is unbelievable. Um, I did want to ask you a few questions about Black Sheep before I get you go, before I let you go. I, I think there's a lot to this. Um, you know, I feel like when, when it comes to Black Sheep, I think it's the most underrated movie to come out of the '90s. Um, but then you read, you know, you read the things here and there, um, you know. And, and not to get too serious, and before I step into Black Sheep quickly, you know, you you went through a lot of BS. I feel like, right? And if I'm wrong in any of this, please correct me, Penelope. I feel like you went through a lot of BS, whether it's negativity, whether it's the the, the shadiness and, and, and horrendousness of the Weinstein's. And I almost feel like, and I don't. I want to phrase this carefully. They. I think you love what you do as a as a person who loves music, a person who loves movies. I I don't want to say beat it out of you, but I feel like they they made it not fun for you anymore, movie making, and that disheartens me to read that. Am I looking at that correctly? Oh, you are so sweet for saying that. Uh, and I'm going to have to be honest with you. 
and agree. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I I got to a point where I just did not want to be at the mercy of the system anymore. And I didn't want to go to one more meeting where I know they're not going to hire me because Harvey bad-wrapped me or whatever, you know? I got to a point where I went... I would rather say goodbye to Hollywood than have Hollywood say goodbye to me. So fuck you. That's where I went. <laughs> and, and one thing I love about you is you're so blunt and to the point. And in a, in a time, and, and <laughs> you know, it's like just I feel like in life, Penelope, like whether it's I'm talking to a guest or just in my in my normal life, like just say what you want to say. Stop beating around the bush. Stop like Hi. sure. Just say what you mean. Yeah. That's right. Well, I always do. Yeah, People you say that about me all the time. They say, they say, oh, we never have to wonder what Penelope's thinking because she just says it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's good, and that's the way, and that's the way it should be. Um, just, just like as I was saying about Black Sheep, I really feel it's the most underrated movie to come out of the '90s. Um, why do you think Chris Farley was so beloved? Well, uh, he for a lot of reasons, really. I mean, he he was a profoundly talented uh, actor uh, and comedian um, and he was I think when it comes right down to it it wasn't his like physical agility and all that that he had going for him but it was more his uh, heart and soul and his shyness you know very shy person mm. and and insecure and, and uh, sensitive you know and Lauren told me that when we started working together. He goes, you're going to have to handle this guy with, like, kid gloves because he's really, really um, fragile, you know? And Chris and I got along really, really well and, and, and never, ever had a point of disagreement. And um, he actually said to me one day, Derek, he said when we were shooting, he said, you know, I love John Belushi. John Belushi so much that um, I want to live my life like John and I want to die like John. Oh, that's and so heartbreaking. I remember I pushed him on his chest. We were standing under a tree. I pushed him on his chest and I said, don't you ever say that again. That is horrible. Mm. And he wasn't laughing or anything and he did it, you know, tragic yeah so tragic. it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking and um i had two final questions for you one of which is you know and, and i hate negativity i don't bring it up but i'll bring it up here just because it fixed context um you know david spade said that you never bought into two of them as a team i just think that's just bs because i believe you are a Wait, filmmaker that i never what, did i never get to say that again honey? he said that you what? i thought he said in his book that you never bought into the two of them as a team like the two of them as a team he, he made the point that you were all in on chris but not the two of them as this like dynamic duo oh, of comedy. I love that. I didn't even know he wrote a book. First of all, <laughs> second of all, uh, he's absolutely right uh, that um, when we were shooting, I did in fact favor uh, shooting more takes with uh, Chris than I did with him, and I actually have a recording of David. Uh, uh, ripping me a new you-know-what on my answering machine, telling me that I was breaking his comedy balls and he didn't like working with me and what a, you know. Yeah. 
uh, jerk I was and all that. And you know what? Uh, too fucking bad. Because Chris, in my opinion, really, I, I needed to get as much as I could out of Chris. And 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 David was, it was a little bit like, he is his character, you know? He's just a pissed off little shit, you know? <laughs> You stole my next question. I was going to say that smarminess doesn't seem like it's an act. It seems like it's just the same guy on and off camera. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. I mean, you know, I, I don't, I'm not mad at him, you know. I don't hate him. It's just that uh, it's like whatever, David. Him and Rob Schneider, off to be honest with you, both of them uh, were complaining I didn't give them enough close-ups. Well, I didn't think I needed them, you know, and if they don't like me as a director, I don't give a flying fuck. <laughs> I'm going to tell you this. I love you as a director. So how about that? Um, oh, well, thank you. At least I got one fan. No, you got more than that. I can tell you that. My last question before I let you go. Thank you for all this time. Um, this is an unfair question, but what because it's it's coming out February 1st. I am so excited. Steelbook's so excited for the Wayne's World Edition 30th anniversary. What's your one of, your, one of, I won't say your favorite, but one of your favorite memories that maybe people might not know about of Wayne's World? My favorite memory is being at the Village Theater in West at our opening night and being a thousand people sitting in that audience and laughing continually and it was like whole room was high, you know. They were really, really loving the movie, and I walked out into the lobby and I just, you know, looked up to the ceiling and went, "Thank you, God." I, I, I couldn't believe it, you know. And that's probably my fondest memory. <laughs> yeah, and, and years later, after that, you were you've been at many screenings where thousands of people showed up and just gone nuts. So. Um, you are a true genius, and I, I'm so blessed to say that I've seen your work and that I adore your work. And thank you for taking some time out of your day to speak with me, Penelope. You're such a great person and, and such a wonderful talent. Well, my goodness, gosh, I'll, I'll talk to you anytime uh, you, because uh, people don't talk to me like that usually, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com.